0: Hello, world. Today's guest is Wilfred Wong. Wilfred is an international human rights activist who's been investigating a phenomena called satanic ritual abuse for the past 27 years. Satanic ritual abuse, also called SRA, is a brutal form of abuse on children, youth, and vulnerable adults consisting of physical, sexual, and psychological abuse. And it involves the use of... Satanist rituals. This was a wild and terrifying conversation. So grab your Bible and buckle up, folks. Enjoy. So thanks again for doing this. Um, If you could, if you could just explain to the people listening sort of who you are and a little bit about your background. Sure.
1: Um, I'm a former barrister. Um, In England, there are two types of lawyer, solicitor or barrister. Barrister does the work, legal work, uh, mainly in the courts and represent clients in the courts. Um, It's a a profession divided between solicitors and barristers in this country. And... um, I used to be a barrister, but now I'm working full time on other issues. And one of those issues is Satanist ritual abuse, which I have worked on for the last 27 years. How it started was when a British MP, member of parliament, approached me about a Satanist ritual abuse um, case that he had been approached about and asked me to get involved. Because he knew that I was involved in...
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself
1: too seriously, and, 6-1 since that matters, and, what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to.
0: Download the new Bumble now
1: campaigning for children's rights. Uh, And I've done a lot of work over the last 27 years on children's rights issues, including child sex abuse, uh, but also SRA. And it started from there, that was in January, 1993. So more than 27 years now, I've been following this issue of SRA, speaking out on it, campaigning on it, uh, sometimes writing articles, doing interviews, speaking at conferences, trying to get the word out, because this is a very hidden issue, and this is what makes it so difficult to deal with sometimes, is the general public's ignorance of the issue, or disinterest in the issue, or sometimes their knee-jerk reaction of skepticism, uh, which makes it difficult to get them to take action on the issue. So explain what exactly is SRA? Uh, Satanist ritual abuse is a brutal form of mistreatment that is inflicted on children or vulnerable adults. And it involves psychological, physical, and sexual abuse. And, it is done in the context of Satanist rituals. And it is normally, in most cases, done not as a one-off incident, but as a repeated form of abuse over a period of time, usually a period of years, that the victim is subjected to SRA. So it inflicts huge damage on the survivors. Some of the people who are subjected to SRA do not survive, unfortunately. Uh, Sometimes they are murdered as part of the ritual, uh, usually in a ritualistic way. Uh, We call that ritual sacrifice. And it is the Satanist uh, rituals and the Satanist beliefs that encompass this what I would call atrocities against children and vulnerable adults. It's sex abuse and torture uh, combined together, and it's repeated over and over. And it's hell, basically, for the victims who have to go through this. And when they come out at the other end, if they survive, and they try and tell their stories to others, usually they are victimized a second time, by people rubbishing what they are trying to reveal and saying that can't be true or you're telling lies or you're delusional. And I would refer to that as a, as a secondary form of abuse. Uh, so one thing that makes it so hard for the public to accept is because it's so awful. It's unimaginable horror. But it does exist. I think throughout human history, we have many examples of people thinking that, oh, well, we've already reached the depths of human depravity, can't get worse. Unfortunately, it does get worse. So there was a time in the UK, for example, not that long ago, when even child sex abuse was disbelieved because people found that too horrible to accept and just didn't want to to believe that it was true and the victims of child sex abuse who were trying to report it were uh, disbelieved and were scolded or uh, warned not to repeat their allegations again. And now we have the same kind of disbelief uh, in many cases leveled as SRA. Uh, Although I'm pleased to say that the public interest in SRA and willingness to seriously consider it as as a real issue is starting to shift in the right direction, uh, at least in the UK. I know you have a struggle in America as well over this issue, uh, but I think one advantage America has is that it's a more open society than the UK, and it's easier to talk openly about these subjects over there than in the UK or other parts of Europe.
0: Hmm. So, what was it like, or how did you become aware of this for the very first time? Well,
1: I... Who who made you...
0: Yeah, yeah. so I was basically just saying, like, who made you aware of it, and what was the situation?
1: Well, I I had heard about this subject before January 93, when I first started working on it, Uh, and I had done some reading on the subject. So when I was asked to take on this issue, uh, I wasn't totally unaware of what SRA consisted of. Uh, but in a way, I was thrown in at a deep end because I was asked to uh, meet a group of SRA survivors who were being treated by a doctor, and all of them had dissociative identity disorder DID, which used to be known as multiple personality disorder. So, I saw some adults, for example, in front of me, uh, shifting from their core adult personality to a little child personality that caused them to talk in a very different voice, act in a very different way. These fragmentation of their core personality into all these different, what we call alters, uh, alternative personalities, is actually a survival mechanism more than uh, a disease. It's not a disease. It's not a mental illness. It's a survival mechanism that victims of SRA, especially children use because what they're subjected to is so horrible. It's so horrific that mentally a child cannot cope. So what they do is they fragment their mind into other personalities to cope with the the torture and the abuse. And they let that personality bear the brunt of the suffering. And that enables the core personality to remain safe and distanced from it. So in many of these cases, you will find child personalities who exist still at the time which they were created. So for example, there may be a case of an SRA survivor who formed a a child personality in 1974, for example, when that person was being subjected to SRA. And many years later, that child personality may come up, uh, for example, doing therapy, and still think in that child personality, he or she will still think that it's 1974. Uh, there's also sometimes uh, uh, what you call, call a guardian personality, who is like the bodyguard, there to help protect. The core personality and that guardian personality can be very aggressive and overly assertive. And if it's a female, it might even take the form of. If it's a female core personality, it may might, the guardian might even take the form of a male. Uh, uh, to add to the aggressive nature of that altar, mm. uh, so it it's it's a sad fact that about 80% of people suffering from DID are SRA survivors. That means the majority of DID sufferers have DID because since childhood they were subjected to the most horrible abuse and torture by Satanist abusers and the end result, the only way they could mentally cope and survive was through the fragmentation of their core personality into all these different personalities. And I know of an SRA survivor, for example, who was abused since a very young age, since she was practically a baby, and she has hundreds of alters, literally hundreds, Um, It's not impossible for them to integrate all their alters into the core personality, but it usually takes years of therapy to do Mm. that. It is a survival mechanism because the alternative, if they couldn't uh, split into their different personalities, would have been simply losing their mind, uh, having a complete mental breakdown. So in order to survive, they have this... And and it's interesting to note some, some SRA survivors get so used to it and see the positive side of it that they find it hard sometimes to let go of the separate altars and integrate them into their core personality because they've they've grown rather fond of having that altar mm. or or too used to it, perhaps. Okay. Um so One way, I think, to find out more about SRA in a particular location or or city is to talk to the therapists who specialize in dealing with DID uh, and see if they're willing to share with you what they know. Some of them may be afraid to talk about SRA because they think that it will damage their careers if they do so but others will be more willing to just be upfront about it because they believe in exposing this evil. In fact, the only way to stop this evil is to expose it. And for too many years, it's been hidden from public knowledge. So I was in this building full of SRA survivors who were shifting from one altar to another. They were badly damaged, I felt so sorry for them. Uh, It can be a shock to anyone who's not seen this before. Um, And the doctor told me that the local member of parliament had visited him on another occasion recently and that she did not last more than about one and a half hours before she made some excuse to leave because it was just too disturbing for her to see. Um, But Yeah, in that sense, I was thrown in the deep end and I stayed there the whole day uh, finding out what I could and uh, hearing the stories, very sad stories of some of the survivors.
0: Now, some of the things you hear about Satanism um, compared to what you're talking about, I know there's people in the UK that run these, quote, Satanic temples and they will openly discuss how satanism is about the worship of oneself or the introspective behavior of facing your own problems or facing your own demons, looking inward. Um, And it's sort of a love affair with yourself. Uh, So how does, how do these people differ from these sort of satanic covens that you've investigated?
1: Well, I think, uh, in essence, they don't really differ from them very much. But they are presenting a very small aspect of what they really believe. Uh, For example, I do surveillance on Satanist covens. And I know that they like to meet not only on the dates of the satanic calendar, uh, they also like to meet on the birth dates of their members because, as you said earlier, what the Satan- Satanist temple claims, that they also believe in the worship of oneself. So for them, the birthday is like the birth of God because they regard themselves as being... Gods. And Satanism is not only about worshipping the devil as God, but considering oneself as God. And so the birthdays of their members is uh, a date for them to have a ritual and a significant um, religious date, you could say. And, and so they haven't told the full story which is that their worshipping themselves as gods does not negate their worshipping the devil as God. They're doing both. They're doing both. But they know people have generally a bad impression, very rightly so in my view, of the devil. So they keep the devil in the background and just say, oh, well, we're just worshipping ourselves. Uh, What's wrong with that? Well, the problem is that also leads to uh, an attitude of we can do whatever we want and there's no such thing as us doing wrong. Uh, We can do whatever we want, satisfy our desires, regardless of who it may harm, as long as we get our satisfaction. Because we are God's. We can do anything. God can do anything. I can do anything, and you've heard the phrase probably of do what thou wilt, do whatever you want. And Anton LaVey, as you know, the former uh, head of the Church of Satan in the USA, he summed it up uh, as do whatever thou wilt. Is the, All the law that Satanists will have is to do whatever you want. And that, of course, includes doing whatever you want, even if it's at the expense of others, even if it causes harm to others. It doesn't matter as long as you satisfy your wants. Mm-hmm. And after all, uh, God can do whatever he wants. So I am a so-called God. I can do whatever I want. Uh, and all that matters is that I have my needs fulfilled, no matter how perverse those needs may be. Alistair Crowley, the leading Satanist in the UK, said the same thing. And in fact, I'm I'm pretty sure that what Alistair Crowley said influenced Anton LaVey to say uh, something very similar. And so, this is the danger of this attitude of uh, a person being God. It's not only that they can do whatever they want, uh, they can do the most terrible things to others and justify it, uh, not in an objective way, of course, it's purely subjective, but justify it to themselves on the belief that I'm all powerful. I'm God. I will decide what's right and wrong because God decides what's right and wrong. And what's right is whatever satisfies my needs. So you imagine you, that belief in, in the hands of someone who believes that it's okay for adults to sexually abuse children. Well, as long as I get my needs satisfied, no matter how many children I abuse, um, do what thou wilt. I will do it. I am a god, and I will have my way. So this is the problem with uh, this kind of presentation. They're trying to make, Satanism seem harmless and respectable even, but they're not giving you the full picture. In practice, the full picture is you get practices like SRA, which of course they will more often than not, in fact, I've never heard of them actually acknowledging its existence, uh, deny that it exists because SRA is a very inconvenient reality that stops them from being mainstreamed, uh, especially in the USA, I believe s- Satanists are trying hard to get mainstream recognition uh, as, as a supposedly respectable religion. Uh, whereas in the UK, it's more hidden, but there are some moves towards more recognition. For example, in the Royal Navy in the UK, in 2004, they had recognition to have Satanist rituals done on royal
0: navy ships uh so so you're saying on the out, on the outside basically for face value and in terms of what they portray to the media is like i mentioned before it's an introspective look at worshiping oneself you know there's they don't portray that we can do whatever we want and obviously the child abuse stuff they don't want that to be in the public light that's sort of once you get behind the veil they reveal that to you it sort of reminds me of scientology for are are you familiar with scientology
1: yes um but just to add what you mentioned about behind the veil i have uh, i know some british ex-satanists who have since left satanism and uh, they have blown the whistle on what goes on in satanism so mm-hmm. some of the things I've said just now uh, is backed up by those statements by ex-Satanists uh, that, as you rightly said, a lot of it is behind the veil and they don't want the veil pulled. They want the veil to stay there.
0: Right. Like, Scientol- like Scientology, for face value, they push this book called Dianetics, which basically, you know, it it um, it talks about, being productive and getting things done and bettering yourself. Um, and once you get inside and start to pay them all kinds of money, I mean, that's a huge thing is they want money from you. That's how they, that's how they survive, um, besides being tax-exempt, of course. But once you sort of level up in Scientology, now they reveal to you this galactic confederacy ruled by this overlord by the name of Xenu. And you don't hear about any of that until you get inside and pay them a bunch of money. Otherwise, people would just think it's complete horseshit.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, That is the, I would describe as the worm on the hook. When you catch the fish, you've got to put the worm on the hook. You just give them the hook and the fish will never bite. So the worm on the hook for Satanists is what you described as the Satanic Temple claiming that... It's about worship of self, and they'll probably bring in nice, attractive phrases like self esteem, self realization, etc. etc. And as with the book Dianetics for Scientologists, this is the worm on the hook for Satanists draw people in. But the thing about Satanism is that, as with Scientology, as many people have alleged, I think, um, once you're in, it's pretty hard to get out. You may even find yourself being seriously threatened when you try to get out. Right. So once you bite on that attractive-looking worm, like a fish, you're on the hook, and it's not going to be easy to get yourself off the hook. And there's going to be a lot of fighting that you're going to have to do. So it's better not to get in in the first place.
0: Now, what is your what have you studied on Anton LaVey? Is he... Do you think Anton LaVey was involved with any sort of child abuse or this pedophilia?
1: What I understand about LaVey is that there there has been at least one allegation of SRA against him, uh, apparently by a family member. Um, I don't dwell a lot on U.S. SRA cases, for the simple reason that I've got more than enough UK SRA cases that more than fill up my plate. But this is what I understand from a US uh, source who works on SRA, that there has been a a serious allegation of SRA against uh, Anton LaVey, at least one, if not more. Um, the, The fact of the matter is, with Satanists especially, you you should never take what they claim publicly at face value. You've got to look deep behind because they are masters of deception. You know, I I describe Satanists uh, as uh, Oscar-winning actors and actresses because they put on Oscar-winning performances all their lives imagine some of them are very respectable. They do respectable jobs. Some of them are even in government. But at night, when they believe that no one is watching and they're at their cover meetings, they do the most horrific things to children or vulnerable adults. And then they go back to respectability the next morning and carry on with their uh, respectable jobs, sometimes very highly paid professional jobs. And so they lead this double life all their lives. And so they're very good at deception. They're very well-practiced at it. I remember once meeting uh, a former senior police detective in the UK, who, by the way, is a Satanist abuser himself. I know from various victims who've seen him at the rituals, and uh, one of whom was even uh, sexually assaulted by him. And he was acting the act very convincingly as the former police detective and speaking very convincingly. And the interesting thing is he was trying to persuade me not to describe SRA as Satanist ritual abuse because the one thing Satanists hate is for the finger to be pointed at satanists or Satanism. They hate that. Hmm. which is all the more reason why we need to say SRA, Satanist ritual abuse, because then we are pointing to the source of SRA, which is Satanist rituals, Satanist beliefs. Without Satanist beliefs, there would be no SRA. You see, that's why they hate that so much. They, They need to at least get the word Satanist dropped from SRA to help conceal themselves. And, Every time we expose them, we are helping to protect children by making it harder for them to remain hidden and to remain uh, in secret. And we make it harder for them to mainstream themselves and get respectability as a major religion because you cannot recognize a belief system that encourages serial torture of children, serial killing, and serial sexual, sex abuse of children, to become a, a, a religion. It's, it's, a, it's like saying, well, you know, why don't we, we take the practices of Ted Bundy and turn that into a religion? You know, because you're just giving a license to sociopaths to start their own religion if you do give that kind of recognition to the people behind SRA, mm. you see? But they want they want the financial benefits, they want the political benefits of becoming a respected religion. And they're further down the road on this, in the US than they are in the UK. In the UK at the moment, they're still trying to pretend they don't exist, but we know that they exist.
0: Now, can you explain who this man by the name of Jimmy Savile is?
1: Jimmy Savile was uh, a long
0: Savile, okay, Saville, Yeah,
1: long time <laughs> um, celebrity, big time celebrity, very popular in. Britain, and he is also, officially in Britain, the most prolific sex abuser in British history. He had hundreds of victims. He did both child sex abuse and Satanist ritual abuse. His Mm -hmm. core beliefs were Satanism. Uh, Satanists often disguise themselves under other religious groups or atheism, but their core belief, their real belief system, if they are Satanists, will be Satanism because Satanism demands 100% commitment and they're only adopting that appearance as a disguise, as a concealment. So Jimmy Savile pretended to be Roman Catholic, but his, all the rapes he, he committed over decades... Uh, In fact, the last known alleged rape that he committed was when he was 82 years old. And uh, Satanism and SRA of Jimmy Savile was exposed by one courageous newspaper in the UK uh, known as the Sunday Express and they had survivors' testimonies of having been ritually abused as children by Jimmy Savile and then Another SRA survivor of Jimmy Savile saw that first article, came forward and shared her testimony, and that made the story for the second article on Jimmy Savile's Satanism and SRA. And then a third person, well, another person who had quietly documented Jimmy Savile's visit to his town in Northern England for years to attend Satanic Rituals, produced his research to the Sunday Express. And they did a the third article on Jimmy Savile Satanism uh, based on that. I have the links to all the articles if people want to to look at them. They're on the internet.
0: Uh, and Is there a place where people can go to sort of look at all this stuff? Like, do you have a website where people can look at? Yes, the-
1: I have a website which has these articles as well. Um, I will what's, what's email you my... Website. Uh, the name of the website is, is CASRA, Coalition Against Satanist Ritual Abuse. I will email you that and my email address as well for people who might want to get in touch uh, because they need help uh, with, with an SRA case. And the, the important thing is, he got away with it. He was raping so many children over decades. Uh, and in some cases, adults, hundreds, more than 450 in total. And uh, he was never arrested. He was never charged with the crimes he did.
0: The Now, how do you, sorry, sorry, how how do you know it's 450? How many people have come forward and spoken about this or have claimed to be victims of Jimmy?
1: The numbers attributed to him based on the hundreds of victims who came forward.
0: Hundreds of victims came forward?
1: Yeah. It's about 450. Wow. Hundreds of victims came forward. Unfortunately, by the time they came forward, he had already died. Mm. But some had tried. Some said they had tried when he was still alive to tell others about the abuse they suffered. Uh, one child had tried, uh, at least one child had tried, and was disbelieved. Because the, the problem with the, with the attitude here, at least and probably is the same in America, is, oh, he's a well-known and respected celebrity. He can't possibly have done such awful things. Perhaps today we're a bit more streetwise about celebrities, that they do do dark things sometimes when they think they're not being watched, that uh, they're not, they're not uh, shiny, white, and clean as they may present themselves. But uh, probably back then, a couple of decades ago, when you try to expose a celebrity, it will be even much, much harder to do so. Uh, and so the child who tried to expose what Saddle did to her was simply disbelieved and scolded for her troubles. And this is what we, we need to learn. I mean, we, we can't get Savile now, obviously. He's already dead. But are we going to learn that just because a person's a celebrity should not make that person uh, bulletproof when it comes to sex abuse allegations? Uh, are we willing to look? more closely at the celebrities and not simply by the personality as authentic that they are trying to present to us? Uh, Are we going to listen to the victims? This is a very key issue. Do we actually listen seriously to victims, whether they're children or adults uh, of of sex abuse? I'm not saying 100% of them 100% of the time are going to be accurate, but I would say that most of the time they are accurate and we should seriously consider rather than simply dismiss offhand, which, which often happens uh, their allegations of sex abuse, whether it's SRA or child sex abuse. uh, We need to take these issues seriously and thoroughly investigate them because they are serious. In the UK, at least we have a common problem of, the police not thoroughly investigating SRA allegations and sometimes just going through the motions of investigating and then shutting it down. And the common excuse, and it's just an excuse is there's not enough evidence. Of course, there's not going to be enough evidence. If you don't bother to thoroughly investigate whatever evidence you have got now. So it just becomes a a self-fulfilling prophecy if, if they start off the investigation with the attitude of, well, there's not going to be enough evidence. And, and then they're just going through the motions. They're just uh, putting on a show in that sense. And that has allowed the SRA to continue with near impunity. You know, as I say to people here, impunity is not something confined only to certain Latin American banana republics. Impunity is alive and well in the UK when it comes to SRA. It's been going on for years and the police have repeatedly not done their job properly to thoroughly investigate it. And even with child sex abuse cases, which are not SRA, uh, the police have also failed there, uh, especially In both CSA and SRA cases, especially when certain VIPs are involved, of course, one VIP would have been Jimmy Savile. The police are reluctant to pursue investigations.
0: Was Jimmy Savile connected to the royal family in the UK? And do you think the situation with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell is connected to all of this?
1: I would say that uh, in Jimmy Savile's case, he knew Prince Charles, which is quite public. Uh, he it does not mean that there is strong evidence to indicate that Prince Charles was somehow involved in this. I've heard people alleging that the royal family are somehow involved in SRA. Uh, I remain open-minded, but I, at this present time, will not go so far as to say they are involved because I have yet to interview a uh, SRA survivor who said such-and-such such royal family member uh, ritually abused me, and I have yet to meet anyone who can corroborate that allegation. So uh, I, I leave it open for now. Um, I cannot say at this point because I haven't come across the witnesses myself so far that, uh, that they are involved in, in SRA. Uh, the Epstein case, one thing I would say is that it's being presented as child sex abuse, pedophilia, rather than as a satanic abuse case. So I suspect there are probably SRA elements and Satanist elements in the Epstein case. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Epstein was a Satanist who did SRA, but the publicity surrounding it so far has not really revealed that. And it's not surprising because especially when it comes to well-known people, there's often a a kind of cover-up by the media to hide the satanic SRA aspects of the case. That's what happened with Savile, by the way. Only one UK newspaper had the guts to expose the satanism and SRA in the the Savile case. Other newspapers wrote loads of articles about Savile without even mentioning satanism or SRA once. So it was all this uh, coverage which left out some of the key issues there, because if you want to know, and these newspapers were all asking, if you want to know how he managed to get away with it for so many years, I would say, well, first you've got to expose the Satanism and SRA because uh, a lot of the cases in the UK, I would say the majority of covered up child sex abuse cases in the UK are SRA. They are more likely to be covered up than the so-called ordinary child sex abuse cases. uh, Because there are connections between the Satanists and influential people. Some of the Satanists are themselves influential people. There's also the links with Freemasonry. So uh, I'm waiting to see, and I hope it will happen soon, that the Epstein case, if there are Satanic elements in it, that that will be publicly exposed by the media. Uh, one interesting thing about Epstein that could be a clue to s- Satanist involvement is that he had an unusual, unusually strong interest in eugenics. Hmm.
0: Uh,
1: eugenics, and he even spoke at conferences on eugenics. Can you explain Something what eugenics on,
0: is? Uh,
1: eugenics is basically about, uh, to put it bluntly, getting rid of the less Uh, the less supposedly intelligent people and the less successful people and those from the lower rungs of society uh, getting rid of them, getting rid of those who are considered a burden to society. uh, So as to improve the so-called gene pool and to have a supposedly better quality of, human being being reproduced. And it kind of falls in pretty, pretty much with Satanist attitudes. It's very elitist and has a kind of ruthless attitude of, well, we don't want these riffraff to be reproducing, so we'll find ways to stop them reproducing or to kill off their, their offspring. Uh, or to abort their offspring. One example would be there's quite a push by pro-abortionists to abort babies with Down syndrome Mm. and to stop any Down syndrome child from uh, being born. And that's their solution, inverted commas, to the problem of Down syndrome. Get rid of all of them. So there's no more. Abort them all in the womb. No more Down syndrome Um, problem solved because we kill all of them off. That's a kind of eugenics attitude. Hitler had a very eugenics attitude, uh, wanting to get rid of uh, not just the Jews, but uh, he, he killed his own people first with euthanasia. He killed a lot of the people that he thought were a burden on society, the elderly, the infirm, the disabled. He had euthanasia policies to get rid of them. He started there, even before he started sending the Jews to the concentration camps Mm. to die. He started with those people in his own nation who he deemed to be not worth uh, continuing to live. So this elitist attitude of killing off those who they decide have lives that are not really worth living uh, is eugenics. That really fits in with a, a kind of Satanist attitude to the weak and the infirm, which is get rid of them or exploit them. Get rid of them or exploit them. It's very elitist. Satanism is very elitist. So you often hear people referring to the global elite uh, who many of them are Satanists and they are pushing a Satanist agenda for the globe. So Epstein was into this in a more than... Uh, just an average passing interest to the point that he was even a speaker at some of these conferences on eugenics. And that kind of suggests that he had an interest in common with Satanists on this. Ultimately, Satanists would like to enslave anybody who's not in their camp and treat them as slaves and will regard them as slaves uh, and inferior to them and will kill a lot of them as well, offer them up in ritual sacrifices. Uh, This is the ultimate goal in the Satanist agenda for the the globe, for the world. Uh, That's part of their global agenda. It's about the strong exploiting the weak. It's about the strong getting rid of the weak. It's about the strong enslaving the weak.
0: Now you talked about, you've recently talked about a new world order. Is that what you're t- explaining right now? And Just to add to that before
1: I forget, they sometimes brand, like you brand cattle in the US. Right. They will sometimes brand their victims to show just how subjugated and servient their victims are. You're my property and I'll brand you like a cattle uh, and that brand will stay on.
0: Have you seen with these, brand, these brands on people?
1: Uh, the SRA survivors I've met so far have not had those brands, but I know I have colleagues on SRA who have met such people and interviewed such people talking about their branding. And it, it's a sign of their attitude. Of course, the branding itself is horrific, but it's a sign of their attitude towards their victims that you're you're nothing more than than a slave or even worse than a slave, just a cattle to me.
0: A piece of meat.
1: A piece of meat. And um, that's how I regard you and you must know your place. You must stay in your place and know your place as a slave. And you will always be my slave. And there's no way you're going to get out. And they want them to believe that, of course, so that they never try and leave. And of course, there are lots of threats to keep them in. Uh, And even more threats if they dare to ever... Expose what happened to them. Uh, so this New World Order that you mentioned, I, I often point out that when you talk about New World Order you should mention the word Satanist before it. Because because New World Orders occur at different points of history. Uh, for example, after World War One, the map of Europe had to be redrawn because various empires had lost lands or, or gained new land as a result of the the World War I conflict and so uh, that was a New World Order that was not a Satanist New World Order but it was a New World Order so the, the term New World Order itself is quite neutral and it's not necessarily bad after World War II there was a new New World Order, Cold War United States on one side USSR on the other Uh, Eastern Europe under the Soviet bloc, Western Europe under the U.S. influence. That was a new New World Order from the First World War New World Order. Now we're going for another New World Order, but this is different, far darker than the previous New World Orders. This New World Order is a Satanist-dominated New World Order that is being pursued and it's going to be, if it, it, it manages to implement itself, it's going to be basically enslavement, um, which would have been the result if, if the Nazis had won, for example, the Second World War. It right. would have been widespread enslavement. They were enslaving the people that they occupied. But this would be even worse. It would make the Nazis probably look like choir boys by comparison if the Satanists get their agenda fulfilled of their New World Order. Uh, Their New World Order would include having the power of life and death over large numbers of people. And we're already seeing more and more of that with practices like euthanasia and uh, assisted suicide. And I know that Satanists very much support such practices. And if you you are implementing those practices with a eugenicist attitude, like what the Satanists have to get rid of those that they deem to be not worth living, then what you have is a pretty efficient killing machine. Mm. And so, this new world order that's being pursued uh, at the core, the core beliefs of this new world order is not fascism or socialism, that's all kind of um, uh, window dressing. Yes, there are elements of fascism involved, there are elements of socialism involved, but under that, the real substance of the belief system is Satanism. Because, as you probably know, the Satanists believe that they are going to have a one-world government in the not-too-distant future, and that one-world government will be ruled by their version of a messiah, their satanic messiah, the Antichrist. That's what they believe. Whether you believe it or not, they believe that and they are working hard to pursue that. And one very clear example of this was when the Satanists organized in June this year rallies calling for one-world government to be established. Uh, They had several rallies in the U.S., in different parts of the U.S., calling for one-world government to be established. It shows you how bold they're getting, because they didn't try and disguise the fact that they were Satanists. They just openly organized it and called for one-world government, and they did it in some other countries as well. Uh, They need one-world government in order to obtain world influence and domination they are not going to use the old-fashioned way of invading country after country to, to build an empire across the globe because that will take years and that will not necessarily succeed. Lots of people have tried like Hitler and Napoleon and didn't succeed. So they're trying it in a new way. Get people to believe that it's in their interest to sign up for one world government. Get people to believe that there are some global crises that cannot be dealt with other than with one world government. For example, the COVID-19 pandemic, Mm. which at least one senior UK uh, politician said, we need one world government to deal with this. And uh, that kind of showed, that was a glimpse at what the real agenda is, building around this. Have a global crisis, get people scared about their lives, about their their way of life, and then offer the solution, one world government. Everybody of their own accord signs up to it, thinking this is a good thing. Then get their person, their leader, the Antichrist, as Christians would call him, or Satanic Savior, as perhaps the Satanists might call call him, at the top of that one world government. Then automatically you will have Satanist domination over the world because he who leads the one world government will lead the world. So we've got to be careful about this thing about globalism, which I think your current president is very rightly opposing Mm. because globalism is going to lead us down the road towards one world government. Oh, let's all work together. Oh, we're going to have global crises like this COVID-19 pandemic We need to have a one-world government to deal with these kind of global crises. Um, On the surface, it may sound attractive, but underneath that, you've got to ask questions. Who's going to lead the one-world government? What's going to happen to your national sovereignty? Are you going to have to give up your independence? Eventually, you will have to give up your independence because the one-world government will trump all governments. So this is a Satanist global strategy and from their one world government they will be able to enforce satanist objectives agendas across the world so this is one of those occasions where at least peaceful nationalism could really be a good thing for all of us to help keep us from this agenda to help protect us from this agenda Uh, a lot of the globalists today's Globalists who are pushing the globalist agenda very actively uh, are I believe also involved in Satanism and Satanist abuse. Uh, so we, we need to be wary about what the big picture is on on all this um, and to okay, I know he's unpopular with some or maybe many Americans, but at least Trump is is very right to oppose. Globalism, And that in itself is a big obstacle to the Satanists, because obviously the USA is the only superpower left in the world, and if they are opposed to globalism, then, uh, well, Trump has to be removed. That's their view. Uh, and uh, 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 replaced with somebody who will sign the US up to the globalist agenda... Uh, and, of course, that will eventually lead to uh, the global government becoming more and more powerful. We've seen something like this in, in Europe with the EU, the European Union, that nations signed up to the EU initially thinking it was mainly about economics. But as time went by, they were giving up more and more of their national powers and discretion to the EU. And the EU has never been a very transparent and accountable body. And so now they're talking about the EU becoming a uh, like a United States of America, a United States of Europe, and having this um, much more powerful government over the EU than was originally considered when it first started. So at least in the UK, uh, there were a lot of people saying that This is not what we signed up for. We've been led down this road where we've we've had our our national discretion and discretionary powers and freedoms chipped away. And fortunately, the UK did vote for Brexit and did eventually get Brexit despite all the the fight that the EU gave uh, the UK government on this. Uh, The EU has a strong vested interest in seeing the UK fail economically, because if the UK fails, other countries will be much less likely to dare to leave the EU. Because they will say, well, look, UK tried to go on its own and survive economically outside the EU and it failed. So we must stay in the EU at least for economic prosperity and security. And uh, this is Uh, another part of the big picture, uh, because this new world order, uh, one of the key components is the European Union and the European Union as a model for eventual world government.
0: So who are these politicians that you spoke of earlier in the UK or around the world for that matter, that you're aware of that are pushing globalism or talking about it seriously and are are people taking these guys serious, and is there any substance to what they're talking about and what they're pushing as far as globalism? Um,
1: i think the global the globalism has a lot of support from various u k politicians, including some very senior ones, so for example. Uh, the politician who called for the setting up of one world government to deal with the, uh, the pandemic, The pandemic, for example, uh, it, that was Gordon Brown, the former UK prime minister. And that lends a lot of impact to the statement because he's a former prime minister of the UK. Uh, the other politicians who have been supporting this kind of approach uh, are generally on the left of the political spectrum. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So uh, you will find, for example, when Britain was trying to implement Brexit, uh, there was a lot of opposition from the left uh, because they are more in favor of the European Union and they would uh, try to If not, stop Brexit from happening. And interesting to bear in mind, Tony Blair, the Labour Prime Minister, former Labour Prime Minister of the the UK, was actually saying uh, at one point, just ignore the referendum vote. Ignore the majority vote of the UK people and keep the UK and the EU against the will of the majority. That was his uh, opinion at one point that he expressed about how to deal with the referendum result. That's how desperate some of the left-leaning politicians were to keep the UK uh, in the EU. And of course, Tony Blair has always been a, a very active globalist. So I suspect you have the same attitudes in the USA with more politicians on the left wanting the U.S. to go down the globalist road than those on the right uh, of the political spectrum. Uh, The the fact is this is the new world order that we've been talking about. A one world government, a globalist uh, political remaking of, of world politics. And at the top of the pyramid, ruling over all this will be the Satanist, uh, so-called saviour, who Christians refer to as the Antichrist. Mm. And then all the all controlling, micromanaging rules will come in on all of us having to be micromanaged by this one world government we're already going into the general direction of micromanagement. You would have noticed it, especially with the pandemic. Uh, Suddenly we're being told what distance we have to keep from others, when we have to wear our face masks. Uh, We can't assemble in more than a certain number of people. I've noticed a lot more interest in SRA since the pandemic started and the restrictions were implemented because people suddenly realise how fragile their freedoms are, how it can just go like that. Right. And in the UK, we've spent months in lockdown, uh, similar to house arrest, you could say. And with very little political debate, just basically parliament rubber stamping all these restrictions for our own good, inverted commerce. Uh, the numbers are questionable. Uh, I do not know about where you are, but in the UK, there have been questions about the numbers of actual deaths from COVID-19 because there's suspicion that a lot of these numbers are inflated. I'm not saying there's no COVID-19. I'm saying that uh, a much smaller number of COVID-19 cases have occurred, but they're being amplified, uh, exaggerated, in order to achieve a certain political agenda. So, for example... Right. They're, weapon, cons- they're
0: weaponizing it to yeah, their own...
1: agenda. they concerns that, for example, there are people who died with COVID-19 present in their bodies, but not from COVID-19 killing them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: being added to the statistics.
0: Right. Because they that, get... of course,
1: will jack up the numbers.
0: Right, right, right. And then in the US, hospitals that do that, they, they actually receive more money... From the government when their patients are dying of COVID. So, you know, if they had COVID and they died of a heart attack, you know, they get paid something in the realm of 30 grand for a COVID death versus like five to $10,000 for a heart attack.
1: So that encourages exaggerating the numbers. And another uh, source of questioning is a a reliable contact of mine going to look at some of the hospitals, which were supposed to be full of COVID-19 patients, and seeing that the hospitals were practically empty
0: hmm. doesn't
1: match the rhetoric. Right. What's being reported, what's on the ground. You'd expect the hospitals to be flooded with patients. And at least the hospitals that my contact went to visit and look at, and because he was questioning what was being claimed by the government, were, were, were empty. He even told me that some of the medical staff were just like, sending text messages, looking at their mobile phones, not not terribly busy. Uh, so it just adds to the suspicion that the numbers are being grossly exaggerated for a political agenda, which is to justify more restrictions, more control, more micromanagement, more calls for one world government to deal with this huge inverted commerce problem. Uh, and, and I think we, we need to, to be looking below the surface, questioning these things, investigating, going to hospitals where you'd expect if there were really this large a number of patients, that the patients would be at those hospitals and seeing how crowded they are and how many of the patients there are actually suffering from COVID-19 or from other illnesses. Uh, there needs to be a lot of, um, well, you could say investigative journalism done on this, but of course, Who's going to allow you to report, unless you have an independent platform, uh, on the reality of what's going on? Uh, I've heard of some of the social media platforms banning um, attempts to expose this. A contact of mine tried to expose this on his Facebook page and it got suspended. Mm. Uh, But it's worth trying to expose. It's worth um, trying to get the word out. Uh, I think maybe YouTube might be one way of doing it, Uh, but you have to try and get to the hospitals and do some filming and and investigations uh, as to how crowded or not crowded those hospitals are um, and look deeper below below the surface on on what the government is claiming.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you mentioned that Mainly politicians and celebrities and elites are involved in this satanic ritual abuse. But also Um, a lot of ordinary people as well. Why don't you hear about more people being exposed?
1: Uh, Before I go into that, before I forget, uh, just a last point about the COVID-19. About one year before the COVID-19 lockdown uh, in January 2019, I interviewed an SRA survivor who very unusually, because it's not common among SRA survivors to to say that they experienced this. Um, This was in in England. He told me that when he was a a child, not only did he uh, suffer SRA from Satanists, but they were also conducting medical experiments on him. And the medical experiments were all about infectious diseases. Infectious diseases like, for example, COVID-19. Of course, COVID-19 did not exist back then. They were looking at how to manufacture an infectious disease, the Satanists. And they were looking at how to create a vaccine for the infectious disease disease not out of the goodness of their heart, but to create leverage over those who suffered from the illness and also to protect themselves, probably. Hmm. And when the COVID-19 pandemic broke out, I asked him a few questions, including, do you think it was uh, experiments on you to create an infectious disease like COVID-19? I think COVID-19 is probably a human-engineered virus. Um, secondly, uh, to create a vaccine for it so that they could use it as leverage over others. And he said, yes, all of that. That's what he believes he was experimented on for. And he actually brought me to the medical research labs in England where there's still research going on today. Um, A lot of it is, on the surface at least, legitimate research. Uh, Some of them are owned by pharmaceutical companies. Mm. Um,
0: And how would they use the vaccines as leverage?
1: Well, for example, if there was a human engineered virus that was so difficult to contain and deal with, except by vaccine, and they, the Satanists had the vaccine, access to it, they could basically get people to do what they want in order to obtain the vaccine, couldn't they? Because it's a matter of life and death. And so he who controls the vaccine will control the world if it's a world pandemic. Hmm. And if it's a real pandemic, not not just jacked up numbers, but the real thing, that people are really dying in large numbers, people will do practically anything to, to get their vaccine. So for right. the Satanists, it could be, well, you do what we want, or you sign up to become a Satanist, and then we'll give you the vaccine. Right. Amazing form of controlling people, especially if they're worried that without the vaccine, they will die. So maybe uh, this is what the real story is behind the COVID-19. But I would say it's probably, if it was engineered by the Satanists, it's probably a test run for something even bigger to come at some point in the future. So a test run. Because what may come in the future may be even worse. May have people on their knees before the Satanists wanting the the vaccine, the only lifesaver that they can obtain, uh, to protect them and their loved ones from a really a real killer infectious disease that's that would make Covid nineteen looked like a walk in the park. Um, I know this is a very pessimistic view, but I also know that the way the Satanists operate they tend to uh, they tend to be very ambitious they tend to think big in evil terms so they they, they they usually have bigger plans of evil to implement than what we see now, but this is for the future so Uh, I find it a very interesting and disturbing coincidence that they would have this interest in medical experiments on infectious diseases. And then now we have this uh, huge problem with COVID-19.
0: Yeah. But wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't a country just as much want to do something like that experiment with infectious diseases to use them as bioweapons against other countries I mean, what wouldn't it, it, like a, a country, a, a rival country want to do the same thing?
1: Yeah, that's true. But why would Satanists be involved in this program? Why would they put the, their human subjects through SRA? That is my, my big concern. You see, if it was, for example, our intelligence agencies in the UK running these experiments and there was no SRA, then I would conclude that it's probably um, an intelligence agency going rogue, so to speak, beyond the boundaries of their authority in order to uh, find an effective bioweapon they could use as part of their military defense of the country. Uh, But what we have instead are, are Satanists involved and doing SRA to their experimental subject, at the same time as also um, on other days doing medical experiments on on the person. Uh, The government agencies, probably the intelligence agencies, had some involvement in this, or awareness at least of this. I asked the survivor where he thought the files on the results of his experiments would be kept because he's been wondering where he could get the paperwork on on the experimentation done on him uh, because that would also be proof of what he he went through. Mm -hmm. And he concluded that it's probably with the intelligence agencies in the UK and that he won't be able to access it because of that. Um, So yes, there was probably some intelligence agency involvement, but the lead seemed to be taken by the Satanists rather than the intelligence agency. Uh, The Satanists do have their own people in the intelligence agencies. Uh, So there, there, there was probably an overlap. But where the Satanists are involved, it's usually them taking the lead. Whether overtly or covertly, they are taking the lead. You can be quite sure of that. And why would the Satanists be so interested in experimenting on someone regarding infectious diseases?
0: So, do you think there's Satanists working within these government agencies that are potentially developing chemical weapons or bio, bio weapons. warfare weapons? Because, you know, I wouldn't expect some satanic cult to have the money to do this kind of thing, to, to conduct these sort of experiments and to invest in, in scientists that know what, the, what, what they're doing.
1: Yes, you're right. They would they would tap into government money. They would use their contacts with government. Uh, there are Satanists in government and in the civil service. Uh, even our ex prime minister Edward Heath had had at least six independent witnesses accusing him of satanic abuse. What was his name? So, uh, Edward Heath. He's Edward Heath. he was the. Conservative UK Prime Minister in the 1970s, just before Margaret Thatcher. And he, there was a, as with said, the investigation was done after he died, years after he died, but the police in Wiltshire, which is one of the counties in England, uh, because Edward Heave lived there, they led an investigation into allegations of Edward Heave's child sex abuse and Edward Heave's satanic Satanist ritual abuse, and they concluded in their report, which is on the internet by the way, Operation conifer it was called Operation conifer's conifer. summary closure report uh, stated that six people said that Edward Heath did satanic satanic abuse to them for years. Uh, I have known from, from various sources that Edward Heath was involved in SRA. But at last, we had a police investigation that officially concluded that he had six witnesses. Uh, these six witnesses who corroborated each other that Edward Heave was involved in satanic abuse, that's a large number for any sex offence to have six witnesses
0: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Because the the very nature of sex offenses, as you know, usually it's difficult to find more than one witness who is the victim. Uh, But it shows you how prolific Heath was in his abuse, both his child sex abuse and his satanic abuse. And he's the former prime minister of the UK.
0: So what's the main difference between these people who are abusing and raping, I mean, wouldn't you just classify them as pedophiles, like a pedophile cult? What's the difference between a satanic ritual abuser and a pedophile?
1: Okay, the reason I'm, I'm making the distinction uh, mm-hmm. is because uh, a pedophile normally would have a, a, a very strong addiction to having sex with children. It, it's, it's like an overriding sexual attraction to children. And that is not necessarily the case with all Satanist ritual abusers. There are Satanist ritual abusers, probably many of them, who will sexually abuse a child, but do not have that strong, deep attraction to sex with children. But the reason why they sexually abuse the child is because it's part of the Satanic practices. It's part of their... um, belief system, that they should do it. Uh, It's not entirely accurate to say this, but it's part of their religious practice, you could say. I say it's not entirely accurate because I don't regard Satanism as as, uh, a real religion. Uh, But drawing an analogy with religious practices, they see it as their religious practice, and so they sexually abuse the child. But they don't have that strong sexual attraction to children, which is usually lifelong, which pedophiles have. Mm. So it's not strictly speaking accurate to call them pedophiles, but we also need to make a distinction between the pedophiles and their activities and the Satanist ritual abusers and their activities, because Satanist ritual abuse is in a different universe from pedophile activities. Your average pedophile does not deliberately torture children in addition to the sex abuse. Your average pedophile will not force children to sexually abuse each other, as Satanists do. Your average pedophile is not going to bury a child in the ground, making the child fear for his or her life, and then later remove the child from the ground your average pedophile is not going to ritually sacrifice babies or adults or toddlers as Satanists do. You see, we we need to have this clear distinction. That's why when, when I speak about SRA, I call it SRA, and I don't call Satanists, abusers, pedophiles, although they may also be pedophiles in some cases, because too many people mix up pedophile so-called ordinary child sex abuse with SRA. They are two very different things. And the Satanists play on this. The Satanists take advantage of this confusion by disguising their satanic abuse as so-called ordinary child sex abuse. And when they succeed in doing that, they succeed in concealing SRA and the reality of SRA. So, for example, in Tim Tate's book, Children for the Devil, he mentions a, an actual UK case where a boy was subjected to SRA and had revealed that to the police when he was interviewed. Uh, the boy was in foster care, but unfortunately, the, f- the father who was accused by the boy of abusing him and who was a Satanist abuser was allowed to visit the boy from time to time. And when he visited the boy, he did not encourage the boy to say uh, no abuse occurred. The interesting thing is he encouraged the boy to just drop all the mention of Satanism and the Satanist rituals that he experienced while being abused. The father was far more concerned that the SRA not be revealed than the abuse itself. So he did not say to the boy, don't say I wasn't sexually abused by you. Just drop all the, the, um, drop, drop all the satanic stuff. Uh, and that showed what his priority was. Protect the coven. Protect Satanism by having that drop. And then it gets presented as a child sex abuse case rather than as an SRA case. And this is why I say to victims, it's so important if you did actually suffer SRA to tell the authorities you did actually suffer SRA. Otherwise, people will never learn that SRA exists. They will carry on with the myth that it doesn't exist, which will make it so much harder to protect children from SRA. You see, we've got to break that cycle of ignorance somewhere, and it starts with, Uh, As the saying goes, call a spade a spade. Call SRA SRA.
0: How many SRA victims have you spoken to?
1: I haven't kept count, but over the years, we're probably talking a few hundred.
0: A few hundred. Did any of them provide any sort of evidence of some of the stuff you're talking about, like sacrificing children or torturing children or torturing people?
1: They gave me very reliable uh, witness statements about what they saw. The only other way for them to give strong evidence would be to have a picture, a film, a photograph. But obviously, they would not have been in a position to, to have taken such a picture or film. They wouldn't have survived. Uh, They would have been killed for trying to take a picture of that. Uh, The interesting thing is that the Satanists themselves film their activities, but they are so far pretty effective in keeping the film in a very well-hidden place. Uh, But if one is able to find a film of their activities, then it's all there on film. Uh, they, They like to film their SRA. And they probably use some of it as pornography and and sell it to make money. Uh, But the reliable witness testimonies, I would consider as strong evidence of SRA because as you go, for example, to the criminal courts and those successfully prosecuted SRA cases in the UK are an example of this, that you will have witnesses talking about SRA and what happened in the SRA, and if the the prosecution is successful in convicting the defendants, that means that the standard of proof beyond reasonable doubt has been reached on the evidence of SRA in the case. Because if the SRA was disbelieved, then the whole case crumbles. Because what the defendants are alleging took place, was SRA, and it wasn't hidden or disguised uh, in the courts. It was openly shared by the witnesses. The witnesses were deemed to be reliable and truthful, and so the prosecution was successful, and a very high standard of beyond reasonable doubt was achieved. That's why I say that SRA has been proven in the British courts on more than one occasion, on at least 10 occasions, to be... Existing in the UK,
0: beyond reasonable doubt. So you're saying there are a number of people in the UK who have been convicted of crimes for satanic ritual abuse? Uh,
1: Not strictly speaking, the crime of satanic ritual abuse, because unlike certain states in the US, like Idaho, who have codified a law on SRA, Mm. specifically we don't have such a law on SRA yet in the UK because of the general disbelief. So what we have are the existing laws, which would of course cover different aspects of SRA, such as raping a child. Mm-hmm. Obviously that would be a crime in the UK, right. in the existing law, uh, harming, physically harming a child that will also be under existing law. Um, as often Satanists do, pimping out a child for sex. That is also under existing law. We would like to see at some point a law brought in on SRA, like similar to the ones in states like Idaho in the US, uh, because that would not only be official acknowledgement of SRA in the UK law, uh, which could also be used as leverage to get more resources and training for the UK police to investigate such cases. But that will also be a way to bring in much tougher mandatory sentences for SRA, Uh, much tougher than the existing penalties for child sex offences in the UK. Uh, But we we have had successful prosecutions uh, and the SRA evidence was not withheld. It was openly shared in court. It was believed. It was. If it wasn't believed, the defendants would not have been convicted. So, so the standard of beyond reasonable doubt was satisfying.
0: So when the witnesses, I'm sure, there, like you said, there was multiple witnesses in some of these cases, right? And a lot of their stories corro- corroborate. How could one person be convicted if, I mean, it sounds like these rituals go down with lots of people there. So wouldn't it be more of a conspiracy with lots more people being prosecuted, not just one? I mean, is it one person by themselves or is there a group of people attending these rituals? What what do they look like?
1: You, you will get in many cases, a group of people at the rituals and sometimes they will be successful in prosecuting more than one person who participated in the rituals. Sometimes, because of perhaps lack of evidence against certain individuals, uh, not all the participants will get prosecuted. It just depends on the witnesses, whether they can identify the individuals, whether they have reliable evidence of seeing those individuals committing the crimes, And this is part and parcel of how successful they are to to prosecute uh, the individuals involved. Uh, There's no guarantee that they can, in in all cases, get all the individuals. Sometimes they may get um, people involved, perhaps at the lower level, but maybe people at the higher level have covered their tracks well enough that they don't get prosecuted successfully or even prosecuted at all i'll give you one example where uh, they managed to successfully prosecute a number of, of different people in the coven so this is in in a way it's it's one of the more positive recent examples of what the police can do successfully in, a, in, a, in an SRA case when they actually try to do their job i actually went to a talk by one of the police detectives on this Case. And uh, she made it clear that it wasn't easy, but because they persisted and they had the will to pursue the investigation, they achieved this successful prosecution of a number of Satanist abusers. And in my view, that is an example of what other police forces can achieve across the UK if they actually had the will to investigate and pursue these investigations. The biggest problem is not lack of resources. The biggest problem is lack of will. You see? So um, I'll I'll read out this successfully prosecuted case and it'll give you an example of what can be achieved when the police are willing to do their job. On March 11, 2011, Colin Backley, the leader of a Satanist coven, was convicted at Swansea Crown Court, that's in Wales, of more than 20 sexual offences against children, including 11 rapes. He and other Satanists had ritually abused children in Kidwelly, Wales, where their coven was based. The children, some as young as 11, were subjected to, and I quote, organised and systematic abuse by Batley, his wife, and two women coven members. So it wasn't just Batley who got prosecuted, his wife and two women coven members. Jacqueline Marling, age 42, was jailed for 12 years for aiding and abetting rape, causing prostitution, indecency with a child, and inciting a child to engage in sexual activity. Badly's wife, Elaine, age 47, was jailed for eight years on three charges of indecency with a child and sexual activity with a child. Shelley Miller, age 35, was jailed for five years for indecency with a child and inciting a child to engage in sex. A fifth defendant, Vincent Baden, age 70, admitted assaulting an underage girl. So this was a pretty good prosecution and successful prosecution against a Satanist group that managed to get uh, custodial sentences for a lot of the members of the group. And it's a positive example of what can be achieved if the police want to achieve it. It all comes back to will willingness to really go for the, for the investigation, pursue it thoroughly.
0: Have you ever been to one of these or ever seen witnessed one of these rituals?
1: I've witnessed a ritual, um, Satanist leaving a ritual, having just finished.
0: Where and was it? When When was it? What, what did it look like?
1: It was, well, it was indoors, so I couldn't get in, but I saw them leaving the ritual because I didn't get there till quite late at night because I'd been at other locations, checking out other locations before I got there. Uh, And that was the one with the Satanist meeting in the building. And they were leaving and driving off. But I saw in a car, uh, at the back of the car, there was a man about age 40 years old. And in the front was a boy. Um, And of course, you've got to ask yourself, it was about 4 a.m. What is a boy at 4 a.m. doing in the front of a car, not in bed? Uh, with this man dressed as Well he was dressed like Dracula At the back
0: Dracula uh,
1: Yeah and wow. that in itself causes a lot of questions Why is this boy up at 4am And why is he sitting in a car With a man dressed as Dracula in the back Okay it was Halloween but then, And that was probably their cover story Or you know just a Halloween party But Keeping a boy up to that this time, was
0: This was on Halloween um, Yeah
1: 31st October Which is okay. their biggest date on the Satanist calendar Uh, if there's one day they will come out and do a ritual somewhere, it will be 31st October. To them, it's the most important date of the year. Why is that? Um, Also because of the belief that that is when the the barriers between this world and the spirit world become most easily crossed. uh, And they have... Of course, a desire to get in contact with demons, to raise demons, uh, to communicate with demons. So this would be a pretty good time for them to try and raise the demons and communicate with demons because of the the lowering of the barriers between the physical and the spirit world uh, in their beliefs. Um, they, they would usually meet on this date. So that makes it a bit easier to do surveillance because other dates, sometimes they'll meet on the actual date. Sometimes they'll meet a bit earlier on another date uh, or after that date. Birthdays you mentioned. Yeah. uh, Birthdays normally I think they would meet on the birthday itself. Um, Another occasion when I knew they were meeting Unfortunately, these tended to be indoors rather than outdoors. Outdoors would be so much easier to see them. What they're doing uh, was in a house that I know is protected by the police, because I know someone who tried to expose that house as being used for SRA, and the police not only refused to do anything, but actually tra- threatened this person for nosing about in that area and and warned her that she might get hurt from nosing around where it wasn't, they claim, her business. Of course it was her business because her own child had revealed being abused in that house. And the police were protecting it. it, it it's a location that has been used for SRA for many years. And I was there on the outside. Um, legally, I couldn't just go in. Uh, and I knew that the Satanists were in there because I could see their, their, um, their vehicles on the outside. And uh, I heard a scream in, from inside, uh, uh, a young girl at about 3 a.m. It was a short scream. Uh, if it had been a long scream and help me, uh, that, calling out for help, then I would probably have had more legal justification to force my way in. Mm. Uh, but because it was a short scream and it didn't repeat itself for the rest mm-hmm. of the night, uh, it was hard to have a legal grounds to, to force my way in. Because if I force my way in and there isn't reasonable grounds to right. justify that, then uh, then the tables could be turned and I could be accused of breaking the law. So this is the difficulties one has when you're talking about indoors meetings. They do meet outdoors a lot. The, the, the tricky thing is to get them outdoors when they're meeting uh, because they have a variety, most covens will have a variety of outdoor and indoor locations for security reasons. And they'll move from one place to another. And I noticed that if they meet at one location on Halloween, the next Halloween, they'll make sure they meet at another location so they don't become predictable.
0: Okay. But what, can you walk if, through what happened? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry.
1: But, but if um, if one was to come across them doing a ritual, uh, I think it's important to to at the very least try and get the police there. Uh, I, w- I would suggest to audience members, uh, if they ever come across... Sometimes, I-, I know in the UK at least, sometimes people have stumbled on accidentally to Satanist rituals uh, in-, in the middle of the night uh, when they were in the woods, for example. And-, and I would say, try and get the police there as soon as possible. If you see that harm is being done to children... Even the presence of children there is enough to to warrant police interest because what on earth are children doing in the middle of the night in this location? They should all be in bed, you know, and right. it's very suspicious. Uh, and this, this is what one should do uh, on those rare occasions that one stumbles across these things. Uh, and I've seen some accounts of people stumbling on such things. Uh, when they least expect it sometimes, and they come across this Satanist gathering. Uh, in, in a, usually it's a countryside area or, or, or woods.
0: So can you walk me through what typically happens during one of these satanic rituals? Um, and I've, I've heard you talk about it on Sean's podcast. Why are these people... Attracted to corpses
1: They believe Especially if the corpse Is not uh, Being a corpse For a very long time They believe that they can Get the power And energy From the corpse That is still Residual In the corpse Get it for themselves By for example Having sex with the corpse uh, even maybe cannibalizing the corpse. uh but sex with corpses is part of their sexual practices. Because the Satanist attitude to sex could be summed up with two words: anything goes. So if they want to um, have sex with bodies, as Jimmy Savile did, by the way, he, he was a vo- yeah, he was a volunteer Uh, a so-called volunteer porter at a, a hospital known as Leeds General Infirmary up in Northern England. And he used his access to the mortuary to have sex with some of the corpses, to position the corpses before they had rigor mortis and they were still quite flexible in sexual positions and then take photos. And he even stole the glass eyes from some of the corpses, which had um, were blind in one eye. So they had a glass eye and wore the glass eye on his silver rings that he had on his fingers. What? He had a real thing for dead bodies. He even admitted in one interview with a, a magazine called Q magazine in 1990 that, um, he he liked being with dead bodies, but he denied, as he would, being a necrophiliac.
0: He said in an interview that he liked being around dead bodies, dead people.
1: Yeah, and he also boasted to some contacts, which didn't get into the media. Uh, boasted to some people who knew him that he had had sex with dead bodies.
0: What what was the context of that? Like, why would he say that in an interview? That he, oh yeah, I like hanging out around corpses.
1: I guess he was talking about himself, his interests, and that one of his interests would be, um, because he was known to be helping out a lot in hospitals. He was known to be raising a lot of funds for hospitals. Mm. So the, the talk about hospitals probably led to him talking about his working at the hospitals. And as a volunteer porter, he would have also had one of his responsibilities would be to transport the dead bodies down to the mortuary. And that probably led to his okay. talking about dead bodies and his being, whereas some people would be uncomfortable being in a mortuary or around dead bodies, he had the opposite. He, he, he liked being around them. Of Jesus course, he, he he wouldn't admit that he liked sex with dead bodies. He stopped short of that. Yeah. But, but he had mentioned to some people who, who revealed it after he died that he had had sex with some of the dead bodies in the mortuary. Uh, he, he was a necrophiliac. In fact, there are some nurses who also claimed that they spied on Jimmy Savile because he was a celebrity. They wanted to see what he was up to when, when he wasn't watching. Uh, they claimed they spied on him and that they saw him having sex with dead bodies. So... Well, as I said, you know, with Satanists, anything goes. And I know from an ex-Satanist who used to go to uh, a certain cemetery with her coven to do their rituals, that Satanists are attracted to dead bodies. They they want to get a power from the dead bodies, and they will sometimes try and access uh, a newly buried corpse for their own rituals, for their own purposes, which can include... Uh, having sex with the dead body. Uh, So you should not be surprised at the sort of things they get up to in terms of sexual behavior, not just necrophilia, bestiality. Sometimes they force their child victims to have sex with animals. Uh, This all comes back to the do whatever you want attitude. Mm. The, The... uh, the attitude of, well, we do not want to have any restrictions. This is our understanding of freedom. We will do what we, whatever we want to do. We will experiment in whatever way we wish to sexually with anything that moves, dead or alive. Um, this is, you could say in a way, the logical conclusion of that kind of thinking and where it needs to. And... So that was, it was, it's not only several, I would say, with confidence that there was necrophilia. A lot of Satanist abusers are. And they will especially be attracted to uh, a cemetery where bodies are still being buried. So then you can get, they, they, they can get the access to more newly buried bodies uh, rather than a cemetery that for decades or maybe even a hundred years has not had a new body buried there. That would be less of an attraction to them unless there's a history of that cemetery uh, being associated with occultic worship, for mm. example, uh, they'll have less reason to hang out there.
0: You've spoken to hundreds of these victims, or these survivors, these satanic ritual survivors. What are some of the stories that you find are most common with all of them?
1: Well, there are many common characteristics, uh, one of which is the Satanists wearing dark cloaks and chanting, often in a language they don't understand. Uh, the other common characteristics will include being gang raped I'm, I'm sad to say, by the Satanists. Uh, I know one, one woman who, as a child, they would have the what is known as the Black Mass or Satanic Mass uh, in a church that they sneak into at night uh, because one of the church members, in fact, it was the leader of the church, uh, the vicar at that time, who had the key and was a Satanist abuser himself. So he would let in the rest of his coven in at about 2 a.m., And they would do their satanic mass. And in the bread, they would put human ashes baked into the bread. And for the so-called wine, they would use blood. And after doing their satanic mass, they would then um, gang rape her. So can you imagine what it's like for a child? One after another, they they would rape her. And she knew that was coming, and she'd be kept in a cage in the church while waiting for all this to happen. They love to desecrate churches, they love to desecrate uh, church altars, and they love to defile children. And she got, went through all that. She went through hell, basically. Uh, it, it's, it's a miracle, you could say, that she's not completely broken, It took years for her to heal, uh, but she has made a good life for herself and she does a a very good and responsible job. Uh, But as a child, she she was exposed to all this hellish abuse by her own parents. Both her parents were Satanist abusers. And one of her parents was a nurse. Can you imagine a nurse who has so much power over patients who's actually a Satanist abuser in reality, that is a, a deeply concerning thought. Uh, and uh, I said to her, you know, I wouldn't want the, one of your mother's patients, that's for sure. Uh, but that was um, the reality. They were not uh, a rich family. So they are more the, like the working class Satanists okay. abusers. Uh, but they were doing uh, a very regular abuse to her and her brother. So they would force, on a regular basis, they would force, uh, usually on the weekend, uh, her and her brother to eat feces and drink urine. And on a regular basis, usually on a Saturday, they would take her to uh, a pool, swimming pool that they would have private use of. They probably booked it for private use and they would drown her in the pool. Uh, and, and then revive her. But it was like a weekly suffocation session that you have. Uh, her grandfather was also a Satanist and he would strangle her on a regular basis. They, they seemed to get off on that. Um, and uh, this was the life, the so-called life she led for, for years um, because she was born into that family. Uh, fortunately, By the time she reached her teens, she was out of it. She had suppressed a lot of the memories because of the sheer trauma. It's a defense mechanism. But the memories will come back eventually, and they did. Uh, And she uh, eventually had enough memories to fill 19 pages. And I helped her to correct the grammar and the... uh, sentence structure because because of all the abuse she suffered her, her, her written English wasn't too good but she eventually managed to put it all together 19 pages and went to the police the police had investigated but then eventually closed it down and claimed that there wasn't enough evidence uh, Sorry, they investigated and then they referred it to the CPS. Now, this was one of those cases where the police did their job, referred it to the CPS, who are the prosecuting body. But the the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service, claimed there wasn't enough evidence. So they refused to bring it to court. So the whole thing collapsed. Then the second time when she tried, when she had more memories and tried to get the police to reopen her case, um, I helped her with the spelling and the syntax of her statement that was 19 pages long and went back to the police. But because the police had had a negative response from the prosecutors in the past, they were reluctant to reopen and, and refused to reopen their investigation. Of course, if there's more memories coming in, more evidence coming in in future she could probably get them to investigate again. But at that time, at least, they were not willing to to reopen the case. Uh, But this is a case of the police at least trying to do their job, but the CPS being too quick to to refuse to prosecute uh, the case. And uh, I think the police should have at least reopened the investigation when she went back on the second time because she had more new evidence based on on new memories that she had since then.
0: Have you heard of Bohemian Grove? Yes, I have. Are you, is there satanic rituals going on there? What's going on in Bohemian Grove? I've heard a lot of crazy, crazy conspiracy stories about it, but I'm interested to hear your take on it.
1: What I've heard of Bohemian Grove is that there are satanic rituals occurring there. Uh, that a lot of influential people, including people who are going to become US presidents, go there. Um, There is this strong implication that powerful people involved in SRA are using Bohemian Grove as a place to meet uh, and to do SRA, Uh, Because my main focus is on the UK. Right. I I haven't spent time focusing on Bohemian Grove. Uh, We have our own similar situations in the UK. Right. uh, What we call VIP abuse. Um, The, my take on Bohemian Grove is probably, we need a good investigative journalist to really dig deep, or good private investigator, to really dig deep on the allegations to uncover what's really been done there and what's going on. Uh, I think that, as in the UK, where we've had a former prime minister involved in satanic abuse and a number of government ministers named by satanist ritual abusers as being involved in SRA you probably have a similar problem in the US. I'm pretty sure that that's the case because this is all part of building the new world order. If you want to build a new world order with Satanism at its core, you have to recruit people who are in government, in civil service, in parliament, or your US equivalent of parliament, um, because you need these people on your agenda so I would not simply dismiss it as a conspiracy theory. I would, I would see it as, as a lead that needs to be followed up, that needs to be investigated more thoroughly. Um, there are probably, I suspect, witnesses out there who can reveal more about what's going on about Bohemian Grove. But of course, you have to gauge the reliable, reliability of the witness yourself Um, This is why witnesses have to appear, uh, at the very least, by video link, if not in court, in person, in front of a jury, so the jury can gauge, is this person telling the truth or not? So I always uh, want to meet the SRA survivors that I'm helping face-to-face to to gauge their reliability. Um, They they may be deluded or they may be lying. I don't know. I need to meet them face-to-face and interview them face-to-face. So that always helps in any investigation.
0: Have you come across any that were just full of shit or were lying to you, trying to make up stories about satanic abuse?
1: I, I have, from time to time, come across people who claim to be SRA survivors who I think are not reliable. Uh... It is not necessarily the case that they were lying. It could be that they were mistaken. Uh, There is one SRA survivor I know of whom I read her statements. She's not in the UK. She's in another country, another Western country, not the US. And when I read the statement, I thought, can't be true. This woman is either deeply mistaken or probably more likely...
0: Trying to get attention
1: trying to get attention uh, because she was overdoing it. She was accusing practically anybody and everybody who's been a celebrity of some sorts as having abused her and I thought, no, no, that just doesn't fit in with the the more because I've seen a lot of authentic statements and this just didn't fit in Mm -hmm. and there was something wrong about this Um, and I later had various contacts of mine who had met this person, confirming to me that this person is not to be trusted. So my suspicions were confirmed by uh, contacts who I experienced on this issue, having met the person face to face and found that the person was not to be trusted. So these are a very small number, I must emphasize, very small number. The majority, the vast majority are sincerely trying to expose the truth, sincerely trying to have their true stories believed. So a few bad apples do not spoil the barrel, as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. And um, we, while having to, to, to be alert to this possibility, we should not assume, as a lot of people do, that most SRA survivors are deluded or lying or mentally unstable. That's wrong. Most SRA survivors are people who, honest people who suffered terribly and are trying to tell their stories so as to protect children. Many SRA survivors have a very um, honorable objective of wanting to protect other children from what they experience as children. And that's why they speak out. And that's why they go to the police. You know, going to the police, getting justice, yes, they'll give them some healing, some satisfaction, but their overriding priority in most cases is they want to protect other children from going through the same hell that they went through.
0: Right.
1: And these, these, are, these are unsung heroes. These SRA survivors are unsung heroes. They should be recognized for their courage and for their sacrifices for other children.
0: Well, you as well, I mean, your, your courage has to be noted as well for doing what you do and being outspoken about the research you've done on this and all the victims you've talked to and trying to get your your story and these victim stories to reach as many people as possible. Um, what can be done to shed more light on this and get more people to take this more seriously?
1: I believe that we need to keep repeating the message of the evidence, hard evidence being there, that SRA exists. So in the UK, that hard evidence will include the list of at least 10 successfully prosecuted SRA cases. Uh, I'm not saying this is an exhaustive list. There are probably other successfully prosecuted SRA cases in the UK that have not yet been added to the list. Uh, The the fact that the Metropolitan Police Service, the largest and oldest police force in the UK, have publicly acknowledged the existence of SRA, uh, of satanic abuse on their website. We need to keep repeating this because people seem to keep overlooking this hard evidence and claiming very falsely that there is no evidence. Of course there's evidence. Look at this evidence. The trouble is they don't bother to stop and look at this evidence, which will only take a few minutes to examine, and they will see the truth. Obviously, the police are not going to say that satanic abuse exists, especially when they are so lousy at investigating it, unless it really existed.
0: But are there any bodies? Are there any skeletons? Are there, Is there any... Hard physical abuse, like or hard physical evidence, like that. The the problem or, or is even videotapes. You mentioned they video all their rituals. Has anyone gotten their hands on a on a video? Not yet. Not
1: yet. Um, I'm always open to the possibility that one day we will get hold of that film. But they're pretty good at hiding it, and there are all sorts of technological ways now to conceal things. But Uh, bodies, I would point out that the Satanists are very good at covering their tracks. Uh, When they've done a ritual, they will have uh, a way to get rid of the bodies that makes it practically impossible to find it. For example, they may have an access to a crematorium. Uh, I know of a certain Satanist coven, for example, that likes to meet as one of the locations that they use, next to a crematorium. So that's pretty convenient. If they have an insider who's willing to help them access the crematorium, throw the body in there, cremated, nobody's the wiser. What happened? No evidence, no corpse. Uh, that's it. Uh, they are not the only Satanists who may meet close to crematorium facilities. Another way they may get rid of the bodies is to chop it up and throw it in the sea uh, or to bury the bodies. Um, There there are a variety of ways that they use which are pretty thorough at covering their tracks. It's not 100% secure, And uh, without giving too much away, I would say that uh, I know of an attempt that is ongoing now to try and find the remains of certain uh, victims of a particular Satanist coven. But I can't say more than that because I know that Satanists watch these interviews. So I better not give them a tip off uh, unwittingly about the attempts that are going on to try and discover the bodies. Uh, But they are very thorough in the way they cover their tracks. And it's not foolproof. We keep looking and searching in the hope that one day that small percentage chance of finding the evidence, including the bodies, will pay off and we'll get it. Um, But it hasn't happened yet. So it's on the agenda to find, uh, but it hasn't happened just yet. Uh, But with more SRA survivors coming forward and giving credible testimonies, including information about what the Satanists do to try and cover their tracks, I think that eventually... We will find this strong evidence. Uh, we need the cooperation of SRA survivors to come forward and tell their stories, and to feel that we will try and follow up the the leads, the clues they give us uh, to pursue an investigation of that case. So the more they come forward with details of what happened to them, or with details of how the coven uh, for example, uh, cover their tracks, will, will help us increase the chances that one day soon we will get that hard evidence uh, and use that to force the police to investigate. The usual excuse given over here by the police mm-hmm. is not enough evidence. Uh, the problem, The real problem is not enough will to investigate. But it's hard for them to say not enough evidence if, for example, you show them um, human remains, for example, right. left by a Satanist coven, then of course, you know, it they, they looks downright stupid saying, oh, not enough evidence uh, when you've got the human remains there. Uh, even skeletal remains can turn up forensic evidence, for example. So, Yeah, the the day I believe when that happens is not that far off because we've got more SRA survivors coming forward, sharing their stories. This is where people like yourself come in. By publicizing the issue, and a lot of SRA survivors watch interviews like this, then they are encouraged to come forward with their stories and the details that they know about particular Satanist covens and how they operate. That means more clues to follow up more covenants to investigate. And it's only a matter of time, I believe, as this publicity grows about SRA, because there's generally more public interest now than before about SRA, uh, that we will have that breakthrough. But we have the successfully prosecuted SRA cases in the UK anyway, which had enough evidence to satisfy the courts beyond reasonable doubt that the SRA that was alleged did take place. So it's always wow. important to remember that.
0: If if these Satanists hypothetically got their new world order one day, who do you think they would choose as their antichrist?
1: <laughs> That's a sixty four thousand dollar question.
0: <laughs> sixty four thousand?
1: Well maybe sixty four million dollar question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, various candidates have been suggested. Um, like who? I don't. I don't agree necessarily with those candidates who've been suggested. Okay. But just to repeat some of the allegations that have been made, and I'm not saying I support those allegations because I don't see myself my role as trying to guess who the coming antichrist is. Um. What I prefer to do is to warn people about the Satanist global agenda so right. that they won't so that they won't aid and abet their own enslavement by supporting that agenda without knowing what's at the end of that agenda so for example, those who think that globalism is a great thing, be very very careful what you're supporting now is eventually going to lead to your enslavement mm. if you don't see the bigger picture behind globalism. If you don't see the bigger picture behind the new world order, it's all Satanist at its core. Uh, So that is far more useful than knowing who is alleged to be the coming Antichrist. Antichrist. Some of this may even be disinformation to distract us from the real person, you see?
0: Right, right, right. Or
1: well-meaning people just making the mistake of guessing.
0: But wouldn't they want to choose some high elite, maybe even a celebrity? Like, I don't know. Wouldn't, wouldn't they have like, don't they just like Scientology has Tom Cruise and they have L. Ron Hubbard and they have uh, um, John Travolta. You know, they yeah. have these people to sort of bring more people in people that they can look at and say, wow, look what this guy's done or like, look who this is. If they're yeah. doing it, it must be okay.
1: Um, I think that uh, the person they choose will be someone who has good uh, or convincing political credentials and good global political contacts uh, because this person is going to have to persuade other nations to sign up to the globalist agenda. So this person has to have street cred with global leaders, and Mm. perhaps at least at one point have been viewed and regarded as a global leader in the political realm, and be uh, taken seriously on global issues. Uh, Because if they're not taken seriously as a global leader, how are they going to persuade nations across the world to sign up to globalism? That's my, my take. I'm not, I'm not saying it's
0: Maybe the
1: 100% has to be the case. Uh, so, for example, one name that has been thrown out by some, and you can find this on YouTube, uh, but, uh, but I'm not going to say it's definitely correct or definitely wrong, is Barack Obama.
0: Barack Obama. Yeah. Now, Interesting. he,
1: he fits the bill for global street cred. He fits the bill for global contacts political contacts across the globe who are influential. He fits the bill for uh, all this global heavyweight status, Uh, plus the fact that even without doing anything, really, he was nominated for and won the Nobel Peace Prize. The, The person who is the Antichrist will, at the beginning, come across as... Uh, a man of peace, a man who wants peace, who will lead the world into peace. And globalization will be part of that uh, establishing peace worldwide agenda. Uh, And he will only reveal his true colors once he's firmly entrenched in power. Then people will realize, uh, eventually, not everyone will realize, some will just blindly follow him till the end, that this isn't really a person of peace because he's leading us into all these wars and all this chaos. Uh, He will be uh, a person who will be believed to be some kind of a savior who will save the world from all kinds of chaos and trouble. Um, Let's look at the historical example of Hitler, for example. Adolf Hitler would probably never have risen to power in Germany if there had not been the deep and extensive economic breakdown in that country, because people were desperate for a saviour, to lead them out of the economic chaos, the economic uh, disaster that they were in after the First World War. And Hitler appealed to them and persuaded them that he would save them and lift them out of it. And he did, at the beginning, manage to improve the German economy uh, with a lot of government works like building the Autobahn across the country, uh, which he actually built not just to solve the economic problems, but to facilitate the the speedier and more efficient transport of German troops. Uh, so, like the Antichrist, the coming Antichrist, Adolf Hitler had the people on his side convinced that he was a savior, did some good things for the economy, which convinced them even more that he was the right choice to be their leader. Uh, and the German people only woke up to his true colors when they were already at, deeply embedded in war, a war that they were losing, but it was too late then to simply pull out. Mm. so I think you're going to get the same with the Antichrist because we have the mainstream media often giving us a distorted message of the news I often say that the mainstream media is not there to inform us in reality the mainstream media is there to indoctrinate us there are a few wonderful exceptions but most of the mainstream media is there to indoctrinate us and get us to accept the new world order to sign up to the global agenda. Coming to your your other question about why the mainstream media is not exposing this uh, satanic New World Order agenda or satanist ritual abuse. One reason is because a lot of journalists um, have signed up to satanism and got into the media usually these are the journalists who are writing on a fairly frequent basis against the existence of SRA. So in the UK media, for example, if, if somebody has enough guts to write about the reality of SRA in the UK media, it's only a short time before another journalist, perhaps in another paper, will come up and say SRA doesn't exist and try to attack the credibility of anybody who's, uh, who says it does. Uh, I actually have a list of names of Satanist journalists in the UK media. And I'm sure that the list is not an exhaustive list, that there are many more that I don't know about. Mm. And I know of certain newspapers and magazines that if you're trying to avoid uh, to expose SRA, you've got to avoid them like the plague because these have a long history of covering up SRA. The other people who who may be involved in Satanism who have influence in the media are some of the media owners. Some of the rich people who own parts of the mainstream media uh, are probably involved in SRA themselves, which is why they they just keep quiet about the subject and don't uh, get the publications or the broadcasters that they own to talk about SRA. So that's another explanation for why the mainstream media is is just sitting on this subject or helping sometimes actively to cover it up. uh, Which is a problem we quite often have in the UK and you probably will have something similar in the U S the U S of course has one advantage in that it has a much more extensive spread of media so it would be harder to control all of them on this particular subject. Uh, Probably some of them are controlled at least. The US also has a more aggressive tradition of investigative journalism, which we don't really have over here in the UK. Uh, The UK parliamentary expenses scandal, nothing to do with SRA so far as I know, was exposed by a journalist who had both American and UK citizenship
0: Mm.
1: And she commented that things are a lot more closed here in the U.K. than in the U.S, because she started working as a journalist in the U.S. and then came to the U.K, and she's the one who exposed the parliamentary expenses scandal, despite all the obstacles put in her way to cover it up. Uh, she made a very interesting observation about the closeness of U.K. society compared to the openness of the U.S. But the U.S. needs to be careful that if it doesn't use that investigative journalism tradition to look into issues like SRA and Satanism and the connections to the deep state and the connections to the new world order, eventually it may well lose that freedom to investigate these issues. Uh, With freedom, I often say, use it or lose it. You use your freedom to get at these issues. You don't treat them as if they are sacred cows or taboo subjects you can't investigate and report on. Otherwise, you're just aiding the Satanist agenda, which eventually will enslave you. And then you won't have any freedom to investigate anything, except what the Satanists want you to investigate.
0: Yeah, the pro the problem, especially in the U.S. I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's way worse in other countries, but the the big media platforms here are superpowers like YouTube and Facebook. If you do put out content on your own independently, like this, for example, there's a high risk of you being deplatformed or having it having it censored or demonetized, where these people can't earn income for reporting on this kind of stuff because it's not appropriate for their platform and YouTube to their discretion can their YouTube's executives or employees or whoever it is at YouTube can at their discretion choose what is or is not acceptable mm-hmm. for them so it's a it's a scary thing for a lot of independent journalists like myself to create content around these subjects around yes. around these topics because it's risky Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways I mean I know a lot of people in the UK too there's a lot of big YouTube channels in the UK who have had to deal with this kind of thing I mean there's a guy um, what's his name there's a London Real I know he had he dealt with a lot of problems with YouTube for certain mm-hmm. interviews that he's done mm-hmm. so yes. anyways so well, I, I,
1: we, we we need to fight for our freedom to speak on these platforms sometimes if they are threatened. Um, there's always a campaign that one can do. Uh, in fact, we that's another thing that I often emphasize is that freedom does not come free and we have to fight for it. We probably have to fight for it in every generation. And in this generation, I would stress the greatest threat to our freedom uh, are the Satanists who want to build a structure of global slavery, uh, which is generally referred to as the Satanic New World Order. And it will mean, in effect, global slavery for all of us. And problems like getting stuff out on YouTube or Facebook will be tiny compared to the controls that are coming down the road if we don't expose Satanism, SRA, their agenda, soon. And I always emphasize the exposure has to start with SRA, because SRA is criminal. SRA is horrific. We start by exposing the reality of SRA. Uh, Maybe if you don't have it, you need to put together a list of successfully prosecuted SRA cases in the USA to show people this is real. Uh, The fact that in the US there are police officers who are actually specializing or have training specialized on investigating SRA, that's a good sign. If you can talk to them and get them to show you if they have public acknowledgement of SRA on their police websites show you where it is. And you can refer to that as the evidence of existence of SRA in the USA. Uh, The USA is better at training, relatively better. I'm sure there's room for improvement. Relatively better at training police on investigating SRA than the UK is. So you might get more cooperation from some of the police in, in, in looking up successfully prosecuted SRA cases or police acknowledgements of SRA's existence on their police websites uh, and compile this as evidence that this exists. Once you start exposing SRA, uh, what I've observed is that there's a lot more interest in what the Satanists are up to on the bigger global agenda. You, you start to unravel what they're doing when you start with SRA. And then you move on to the bigger picture of um, what are they doing in government, Satanists in government, Satanists in the civil service, what are they up to, what, what, where are they pushing us all. Then it comes in globalism, uh, and not just globalism, but also increasing state control over families, We have a big problem here with social services trying to penalize parents who are trying to protect their children from sex abuse by another parent. That they will take the side of the abusive parent rather than taking the side of the protective parent. I heard from some sources that you have a similar problem in the USA with the equivalent of our social services here. I think you call them CPS, Child Protective Services. Right, right. Um, So this is a sign of the Satanist agenda, which is to take away parental authority and autonomy and use state intervention in families to not only protect the abusive parents where there is abuse, including SRA, but to also dictate how the child should be brought up, how the child should be raised. So I know a case, for example, in in the UK recently that happened where uh, a mother was being penalized by social services simply because she was homeschooling her daughter. And the social services were, were bending over backwards to find fault with her homeschooling and saying it wasn't good enough, it wasn't... Um, done properly, etc., etc. They don't like homeschooling. Satanists don't like homeschooling because then you get to bring up the child with your faith values if you have a faith. So, whether you're a Christian or another religion and you're trying to bring up your child in your faith values, they don't like that because they want the child to be brought up by the state because the state is pushing an education agenda which is more in line with the Satanist agenda. For example, sexualization of children through sex education. That is happening pretty extensively with the support of the state in the UK. And some of it is pretty graphic sex education. So-called sex education is often, in reality, grooming of children for sex with adults through so-called sex education in the UK. I know of a parent who says that he has to spend an hour or so detoxifying his child every day when the child comes home from school because of all the stuff that the child is being indoctrinated with in school. This is what the state educational agenda, which has been influenced by the Satanist agenda, is doing to children. What better way to groom a whole generation for sex at an early age than through state imposed sex education? Uh, The the room for scope, for autonomy for parents in the UK is steadily decreasing. This is because the state wants to replace their authority with the state. And of course, the big stick that they wave around, if you don't toe the line, is social services coming to take your child away. Mm. So um, this is another problem to look out for that will be exposed more when once SRA gets exposed more Uh, It's part of this big agenda for controlling and micromanaging our lives and teaching our children what the state wants them to know and to believe in rather than parents passing on their values to the children. They don't like that because our values may contradict the state's values. Every totalitarian state seeks to control its children. That's why Hitler had the Hitler Youth. And many of the Hitler youth who grew up uh, in time for the war joined the SS. And the communists had the communist pioneers for the children. They all know, all dictators understand that if you get the child young enough, you will make them grow up to follow all your values and your political ideology. So the the ideology and values of Satanism will be communicated to the next generation uh, if parents give up their parental autonomy and authority to the state. Um, this will happen probably for the next generation because this these efforts to indoctrinate children by the state are intensifying. And that's why we need to identify this problem. Uh, and perhaps parents should get together and and stand against these encroachments. Uh, At least in the UK, the state is just getting too big, too powerful, uh, encroaching into many areas of people's lives. And of course, COVID-19 now gives them a license to encroach into even more areas of people's lives. uh, And and needs to be cut back and needs to withdraw, uh, especially from issues that have been traditionally dealt with by parents themselves rather than by the state, uh, they should respect parental autonomy because this is going to influence the next generation of children. And and so we need to guard that very jealously, uh, the rights of parents.
0: That is extremely terrifying, some of the things that you've been studying and that you just explained. Um,
1: it's the dark new world, the dark new world order that, is coming. If we don't make a stand, if we don't speak out and expose what's going on.
0: Well, I appreciate all the work you're doing and the dedication that you have for this subject. Um, Where can people go online and find out more information about what you're doing? Watch more of these talks or watch more about what you're doing and follow up with you.
1: Well, they can uh, visit my website, uh, the Castro website, which I'll send you the address for.
0: Okay, I'll link it uh, in the description below.
1: They can uh, email me with a request for more information about SRA, um, about some of the issues we've been talking about. They can, of course, research it themselves. On the internet, but bear in mind there's also a lot of um, information, disinformation put out by Satanists on the internet because they want to challenge the exposure of SRA, uh, much of which is taking place on the internet. So they have to set up their own. But sometimes they will not, well, most of the time they will not admit they're Satanists, so they'll just perpetuate the myth there is no such thing as SRA. Uh, or even if there was, it's very small, negligible numbers. Uh, so look out for, for, for those traps because they do exist out there. And the Satanists have a lot of money to set up these websites. Um, we, there are more and more good interviews on SRA out there, uh, especially on YouTube. Uh, but not all of them are necessarily good. So you, you, you need some discernment. And mm-hmm. uh, I've got a, various interviews I've done that are on YouTube. Uh, and we should use that space now while we have it to get the message out because there's no guarantee, especially in light of what we've been discussing, there's no guarantee that we're always going to have this kind of platform and freedom to talk about these things.
0: Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for doing this talk with me. Um, and, and sorry, one more thing If, if you yes. want to know what, what you can practically do Yes
1: to, to, to oppose SRA and to expose it Then of course I can always give advice I have already given some advice in this interview But I can always give more by email It's time that they stop having a free pass they have been getting a free pass for too long To carry on SRA And for the sake of the children And the vulnerable adults who are victimized by them We need to withdraw that free pass.